Dracula. I am Dracula. And I bid you welcome, Mr. Hart, to my heart. Come Our first award goes to the vampires for most blood drained in a single evening. The strength of the vampire is that people will not believe in him. my fellow vampire lovers. The sun is going down and you know what that means. It's time for me to record another episode of my podcast, The Beautiful Dead. As always, I'm your host, Lena Nazari. Go to lenanazari.com to see links to my social media, ways to reach out to me, appearances, uh, join my street team, join my fanged family, blah, blah, blah. If you're new to this podcast, welcome. If not, you've heard all of this before and you're probably like, you could probably say it from memory. This is our last episode of November. Where did the time go? My next appearance is Nashville in a couple weeks, December 8th through the 10th. And then in January for the new year, I'll be in New Orleans. So come celebrate 2024 with me in New Orleans. Very excited for that. You guys know how I feel about that city. I'm always looking for ways to go back. Um, if you're curious about appearances for 2024, you need to sign up for my faint family because I've got a lot of exciting stuff in the works for next year. I'm taking a break from January 10th until May 3rd so I can get my fourth book written. But then it's off to the races. I am going to be at so many appearances. So go check that out. My vampire tea for this evening, and you'll understand why when we talk about this movie, is Brides of the Damned. <laughs> Brides of the Damned is a green tea with apricot, nectarine, cranberry, and safflower. I, I actually really, really like this one. It's very refreshing. But I knew when I was watching the movie that this was going to be my tea. So go check out the link in the description to go check out Vampire Tea Company. If you have been listening or watching for a while and you haven't checked out Vampire Tea, I don't know what you're doing. Great stocking stuffers. I need to order more. I'm out of a few of my favorites, so I need to do that. All right, I'm already distracted and we're only like three minutes in. This is going to be another quick one. I don't know how you feel about that, but I feel okay about that. I think after like more than 20 minutes, you guys might kind of get sick of me. So maybe 20 minutes, 20 to 30 minutes seems to be the sweet spot. So I'd like to stay in there if I can. If you have never listened to this podcast or watched this channel, massive spoiler alert. I, I will ruin everything. So just be ready. I think you guys know what spoiler alert means, but I just feel like I have to explain it and say it multiple times so you won't get mad at me. And today we are talking about the 2022 horror comedy House of Darkness. Okay, let's get into it. I'm very excited. Let's do a very quick summary. After meeting at a bar, Hapgood Jackson, who goes by Hap, goes home with Mina Murray. We know where this is headed, right? 
to her remote castle-like estate. While Mina is out of the room fixing drinks, Hap calls a male friend to brag about his hookup. Following an evening of drinking, flirting, and kissing, Mina begins unbuckling Hap's pants when Mina's sister Lucy unexpectedly interrupts. Hap gets the idea that he might have a threesome with both women. Mina exits the room to get more drinks. Hap and Lucy have a private conversation. Hap briefly falls asleep. Hap has a nightmare where he's imprisoned in a cave with a pile of shoes, indicating he is another in a long line of victims. After he wakes, Lucy takes Hap on a tour of the manor. Mina eventually rejoins them and they return to the sitting room. Lucy and Mina propose exchanging ghost stories. Hap ad-libs a ghost story about a guy having a threesome with two sisters. Lucy responds by telling a tale of a wronged woman who sought vengeance on men who raped them and who continue pursuing sexual predators across the world. Hap becomes further disturbed when Lucy mentions a cave like the one that he saw in his nightmare. Then a third sister, Nora, comes into the room. Realizing the women intend to teach him a morality lesson, Hap becomes combative and tries to leave. Revealing themselves as vampires, Mina, Lucy, and Nora unravel their supernatural powers with their fangs to destroy and devour Hap. Yeah. It's a ride. I'll tell you that it's a ride. And also there's a little bit of mistake in the summary, but we're going to talk about it. We're going to get to the part that's wrong. Vampiric references. Uh, duh. The name of Mina and Lucy clearly comes directly from the Dracula novel. Duh. And it's a tiny cast. It's four people, three women and Justin Long, but we have a crossover. Because Gia Krovatin, Krovatin, I'm sorry if I mispronounced that, plays Lucy, and she was in Van Helsing, the TV series, which, yes, is on my list to do. Relationship to humans. So the vampires walk amongst the humans, preying on them, feeding on them. It's clear from the reaction of our leading man that he has no idea that vampires are real. He doesn't even fathom that they're vampires until the very, very end. It's also clear from the pile of shoes that these vampires have killed a lot of men. A lot. Relationship to animals. There's no animals in the movies to speak of. So let me just explain very quickly why this is going to be another quick episode. The whole thing happens in the matter of a few hours in one setting in the house with this little cast. So it's not like there's a lot to talk about, but there is enough. <laughs> Appearance. The vampires are pretty classic. They appear human until they show you otherwise. So pretty classic. Here's our mistake. So the summary says that they reveal their fangs to destroy and devour Hap. I watched this movie twice and I paused. There's no fangs. They have human teeth. We know how Lena feels about this, but I'm going to forgive them this time because I really enjoyed this movie. So, okay. Um, blood. They waste so much blood. I understand that's the nurse in me, I, but so when they finally reveal themselves, they rip out his jugular and then he's like on the ground backwards crab walking and they're slowly coming towards him like in an intimidating fashion but for a solid three minutes 
they let so much blood come out of the jugular. And you guys, blood comes out of the jugular fast. So I feel like by the time they finally descend on him, he'd be pretty much empty. And I understand not everyone thinks that way. I'm a nurse, but just like vampires, I'm going to do this again. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to give you a little edumacation. Don't let half of your dinner out onto the carpet. That's such a giant waste. I get what you're trying to do. You like the moment. You like the big reveal. You like the slow approach, but there's three of you trying to feed on one human. Okay, that's not a lot to go around. And then you let a good half of the human's blood out onto the carpet. I'm just saying, the more you know. Okay, bite, drink, don't let that blood go to waste. Come on. All right, food. So we see Mina and Lucy drink alcohol. We never see them eat but we see them drink alcohol. So in this world, the vampires at the very least can drink alcohol. Sunlight. These vampires are strictly nocturnal. They are uh, the brides, so I, that is appropriate. And they even say, you know, we sleep during the day, we go out at night, and they make a comment about how they rotate who goes out at night. So clearly they're nocturnal vampires. As far as the sleep, yes, she says we sleep by day, but it's never addressed if they need to go into coffins. Or if they can just sleep in a bed. I don't know. They also say that they have houses all over the world where they travel and like find their victims. So I feel like they could have coffins in every house all over the world. I don't know. It's never mentioned and all I'm doing right now is like assumptions. So it's just a waste of everybody's time when I do that. All right. So what do we talk about sleep? Where are we at? Okay, holy items. This is never addressed. We never see this. Rules. We don't know if they need to be invited in because the whole movie happens inside the vampire's residence. We never see them in front of a mirror, so I can't tell you that. The running water thing is never addressed. The garlic thing is never addressed. None of that's ever addressed because, again, this all is a very insular. It's all happening in one setting over the course of just a few hours. Powers. They are impervious to cold. We see that very quickly. Heightened senses and strength and endurance. I'm assuming immortality since their story makes it clear that they've been doing this for centuries. So I assume they don't die and they don't age. I also think that they have the ability to either send a dream to someone's mind or some form of mind control. Because when Hap wakes up from this cave nightmare, Lucy's staring at him, and it's like she knows what he was seeing. So the implication is that she sent the dream to him in some way. Uh, how are they made? This is never explained. So Lucy explains her origin is that she was a young girl whose parents died. Local men came and attacked her in a horribly brutal way in the woods and left her to die. And a man and his two daughters found her, nursed her back to health, let her grow and become strong, and then turned her. But we don't know how they turned her. She does say that she became stronger drop by drop. So that makes the implication is that the vampire's blood was given to her. But again, I'm just assuming. And so, I, you know, I like to report facts here. The implication is that Dracula, Mina, and Nora were the ones who found Lucy and turned her. So that makes me think classic embrace. Heartbeat or breathing is never addressed. How do they die? So 
This is one of the rare movies where the vampires win. So at the end, the human is dead and the vampires are alive. So we have no idea. Now, again, if we're going the, with the idea that this is Dracula's brides, then that tells me stake to the heart, beheading, or sunlight. But again, this is never addressed because the vampires win. So I love it. <laughs> um, are they good or are they bad? So this is where we could get into a very complicated moral debate, right? Because the vampires are murdering men and murdered a lot of men. That being said, they are particularly looking for men who abuse women, hurt women, take advantage of women. So this is where we get into the whole ethical morality discussion, right? Are they good or are they bad? They are vampires. They need blood to live. They have to hunt to survive, but they're choosing to hunt bad people. So I don't know. That's, I mean, we could have a whole episode about this, but we are not a morality podcast. We are a vampire podcast. So I'm going to go with the old, if you're a vampire in this world, you can choose if you're going to be good or bad because they clearly are making choices. Tropes I love and tropes I hate. I'm going to start with tropes I hate. We've talked about this. I hate when vampires have human teeth. I would rather them have all sharp fangs or the double fang on the top, fang on the bottom than human teeth. And we've talked about this because we see it in, in a number of things. We see it in Twilight. We saw it in Discovery of Witches. I don't like it. Tropes I love. I love the trope of a crappy person getting their just desserts. Again, this is not a morality podcast. This is a vampire podcast. So the idea of like, he, he thought he was going to take advantage of these women, but it flipped and reversed on him. And instead he was the one who was vulnerable and he was the one who was prey. When he, Justin Long is so, so good at this character. When he says, I'm a nice guy, I cringed, I groaned because the delivery, either he's like been around guys like that, I don't know. But the way he says, I'm a nice guy, nice guys don't have to say they're nice guys. So if you're starting with the, I'm a nice guy, you're a little bunny, I would never hurt you. You're like, you're, you're, you're trying to convince me way too hard that you're, that you're not ill-intended and he plays this so well and the girls play it so well that I just loved it. I loved what they did with this. I told you guys this can be a quick one. This might even be quicker than last week. No, because I have a lot to say for my thoughts. So I think we're going to be right on, right on, or if not over the 20 minute mark. All right, let's do it. The ratings. It's going to be a tough one, right? Because it's not really clear. Are they more sexy? Are they more scary? Let's talk about it. How scary or evil are the brides of House of Darkness? These girls hunt in packs. Dangerous. They have been killing for a very long time. They know what they are doing. They have perfected who to choose how to get them away, how to kill unnoticed. They toy with their prey. 
This movie, again, this is one that I watched and I broke apart. And then the second time I just watched it and enjoyed it. The second time I really got the feel of the movie, which is it was like watching cats play with a mouse, knowing that eventually they will kill that mouse. That's what the whole thing felt like. The best part is that he had no idea how much trouble he was in. They are fast. They are strong. They, when they finally pounce on you, they rip you apart. This is not like a, like a sexy little bite on your neck. They rip you apart. Um, they left trails of bodies over the centuries. Their only weakness is that they're bound by the sun. That's it. And like I said, they travel in packs, which is very, very smart. And the way that they rotate that each girl goes out one night so that it's not obvious that the same girl is showing up every night and leaving with a guy who goes missing. They're rotating and they're rotating houses. So they know what they are doing. Altogether, seven out of 10 stakes to the heart for sexy, or I'm sorry, for scary, scariness and evil. I'm getting myself all mixed up because these girls are a really good mix of scary and sexy. It's a good mix. So we're going to give them seven out of 10 for scariness and evil. So what does that mean for sexiness? Cause these are beautiful women. Okay. Now the higher the scare score, the lower the sexiness score, right? That's how it normally goes. Well, not with this one. They are pretty sexual, okay? The way that they move, the way that they talk, the way that they flank him, the way that they toy with him is, it's very sexual, it's very sensual, it's very seductive. They're using their allure to draw these men in. The men like follow them happily back to their house and never think twice about it. Um, they let him think that there's a possibility of a threesome. Like they really, really toy with this guy. They're very, very sensual. There's a makeout scene. At one point in time, she's like, he's sitting in a chair and she's undoing his pants. And you can tell he's like completely at her mercy. That being said, they're not going to have sex with you. Okay. So yes, <coughs> excuse me. They use their sensuality and their sexiness to draw you in, but you're not going to get it. So yes, Mina kissed him. And while she was kissing him, she bit him. So imagine what she would have done if she got his pants down. My goodness, that is a very vulnerable position to be in. But like I said, so they're never, you're actually not ever actually going to go to bed with them. But if you did, you'd be, you'd be in a lot of danger. So... I had to ask myself, yes, they're sexy. Yes, they're scary. What are they more of? And I decided they are more scary because they are not going to actually have sex with you. I don't even think they want to have sex with men. I don't think they have a sexual desire. I think they're using that to draw these men in. So I recalculated, dropped it into the calculation machine, and I came back with, we have seven out of 10 for scariness, five out of 10 for sexiness and allure. That's still a pretty solid score. That's right in the middle. So yes, they're beautiful, sexy women, but they're definitely more dangerous and evil than they are sexy. I feel good about those scores.
And if any of you ladies ever watch this, I hope you feel good about it too. You should really take that as a compliment because you, you're the perfect mix of sexiness and evil. And it's made you like the perfect killing machines when it comes to vampires. My thoughts. One of my favorite things about this podcast, other than getting to meet all of you and talk to all of you, is finding diamonds in the rough. I love stumbling across a great vampire movie. I adore Justin Long. So I was on set. I was actually filming a scene for a movie for a friend. And one of the other actors said, oh, yeah, Justin Long. And he just did that vampire movie. And you could have heard a record scratch. I was like, what? So I went right home and found it. Um, he, he is so, so here's the thing about Justin Long. He is not only talented, but he knows horror. He knows horror and he knows good horror. So when I heard he was in a vampire film, I already had very high hopes. Then I watched this character and he reminded, he reminded me of myself in a little bit in the way that he like rambles and talks too much when he's nervous and uncomfortable and he kept trying to do that to try and like keep these girls at ease and keep them comfortable but it just came across as like awkward and it was very clear that they had all the power from the get from second one they had all the power and he just was not seeing it the way that he gave the line about um oh i'm a good guy it was so perfectly performed that i like got a little nauseous when he said it because I was like oh he's not a good guy I could sense it the second he did it and then by the end when you see his true colors he's not a good guy Justin if you're ever watching this or listening to this podcast can we please be friends please oh I want to talk to you about horror all day anywho some feedback much like the movie we talked about last week this there's a few scenes that were hard to see especially the dream in the cave. So I could tell something was happening and I, I could kind of see the pile of shoes, but it was shot so dark it was hard to see. Um, the other thing I want to say for you is um, the movie is very dialogue heavy. The action does not happen until like the last three minutes. So you have to, I didn't find myself being bored or anything, but I could see if you're a horror fan and a vampire fan, you'd be like, oh my gosh, they're still talking. I actually loved it. I thought it really built the tension and I kept seeing the stakes raised like as different girls showed up and I'm watching this like, when is he gonna get that he's in big trouble and he just does not get it until like the last couple of minutes. I was like, this guy is so cocky and confident and he is not seeing red flag after red flag after red flag. They get him so drunk. They flank him like he's in so much trouble by the end, but I just absolutely loved it. Like I said, it's like watching cats play with a dumb mouse. I've said it before. I want original takes on vampires. This was absolutely it. There was just this implication that Dracula was their maker, but it's never said. It was implied that they're the brides, you know, using the names Mina and Lucy, referring to the fact that she's in line to inherit a lot of money, that they love their father, all this stuff. It was, I just thought it was so well done. Um, someone said to themselves, this is how I imagine, like, what if the brides decided to just go out on their own and like start hunting down men? And there, there's a movie in this genius. I loved it. It's so, this is a prime example of you don't need a huge 
budget. You don't need a bunch of special effects, a massive cast. This was four people in one setting. There was no special effects and it was so, so, so good. I absolutely loved it. I've already watched it twice. Like I said, it's going to go into my rotation. So when people say, tell me about a vampire movie that you loved that most people don't know about, this one's there. This is one of the ones that I'm going to recommend to everybody. All right. That wraps up November. Can you believe it? Next week will be the first episode of December. And I'm going to do one that people have been asking, why haven't you done this one? Why haven't you done this one? Why haven't you done this one? I don't know. It was on the list from day one, three years ago. I just was waiting for the right time to do it. And I feel like now is a really good time. It's kind of like a comfort movie. And we are talking about the 1992 classic that taught all of us even the most talented of actors sometimes can't do accents. And yes, we are talking about Bram Stoker's Dracula. So please come back next week. If you haven't seen it in a while, go watch it again. But we are going to talk about it. And I'm very, very excited for this. In the meantime, I hope you guys had a lovely Thanksgiving. I love you all. I wish you wicked hugs and bloody kisses. Good evening.